Uh, Roger Harvey, MXGP of France. Uh, obviously HRC general manager for many, many, many years. Not so much now. Semi-retired, fully retired, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Just talk about that transition into the advisor role and what kind of your weekends entail now. Okay, I'm not coming to all the races. Mainly the overseas, you know. It's, uh, that's one of the things I got fed up of is travelling. Um, it's all right for you young guys it's no problem for you young guys to travel it's still an excitement but when you've been doing it for 90 years you know you get a bit fed up of it Um, but like still yeah still heavily involved Um, and Marcus De Freitas he's taken over from me as general manager Um, he's running already all the day to day stuff Um, so that's sort of taken off And, and now I'm working in the capacity as advisor um, to HRC um, on motocross MXGP um, you know, and obviously that that goes with MXGP which is like um, what's happening in the EMX 250 class um, MX2 and the main MXGP class so that's my role it's standing back a bit and looking you know what you see on TV um, and I think Ustream quite honestly they're doing a really good job I've got to say it's it's um, it's quite good and and uh, you know I watch it on the computer Paul Malin he 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 he's never had a trouble rambling on has he for hours um, he rambles on for a whole day you know which is uh, by the way never ask him directions anywhere because it'll take you half an hour to get you one mile up the road um, but no so that that side of things is interesting that's when I miss it um, you know I don't miss the travel in there that's that's what I don't want to do it for. But what I do miss is when you're watching it on TV and you're thinking, oh, what's, you know, you need to work. Uh, yeah, and you can't. So um, that's sort of frustrating for me. Um, but no, just looking at um, things in a slightly different perspective, but something we always had to consider, you know, in the, in the role before. You say that you have to take a step back a bit. Has it been tough at all to not stick your nose in on something? Like you've seen something going on and you've really wanted to go over there and just fix it which you obviously can, you've got all this experience, but you've kind of realised you need to let Marcus kind of work through that himself? It's, yeah, yeah. You know, to be honest, Marcus understands fully, and and, uh, he's he's on the case um, 99.9% of the time, so it it isn't a problem. And, and, And my role to him is teach him what I know, whether it's good or bad, and how I've dealt with situations in the past. Um, how I deal with them now you know I'm still like this morning we've had an industry meeting with the manufacturers the FIM Ustream um, teams and we had that industry meeting this morning at the moment I'm sort of sat front of house uh, but next year that will become Marcus he'll he'll take that on and, and the main reason there is because he's been in the role of um, from mechanic to crew chief um, to working at HRC and now in the general manager role, he hasn't got the historic knowledge that I have from a racing perspective, and uh, you know, just there to pass all that on to him, you know. So um, yeah, I'm pleased with the job he's doing. We're going to have to go off on a tangent now. You had an industry meeting this morning. What happens there? Is it more discussing the calendar for next year? Whether you're happy with anything? Did anything big go down that you're surprised about? Um, no, nothing really. Um, it's 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 just an update meeting, really. Um, you know, we, we get we get to voice our opinions on on how we think the season's gone so far. Uh, any changes? Any any technical stuff that's uh, being considered? You know, so it's it's just a 
a general open meeting and uh, information sharing. So, no, there's no never any startling news, you know. Um, so, yeah, calendar for next year, still nothing confirmed. Obviously, that's, that's always the most difficult part, I think, for Ustream to put together. And, and, you know, obviously, we want one that we can travel from this one to 20 kilometres up the road to the next one to another 20 kilometres up the road. That'd be ideal, but, it, you know, it doesn't work, you know, because, because uh, different countries have different dates. So, um, no, you know, I think they do what is a difficult job there I think they're doing uh, doing it very well you know and the TV production that's what's impressed me I've, been, I've, been, I've never watched them before because I'm always here I never watched the TV before and uh, yeah uh, just suggest one or two suggestions of the timing guys that, that may, maybe if you could do this I'd be able to see what was going on a bit better but um, no you know so the meeting this morning you know, was, um, everybody attended all manufacturers and, uh, and you know even Suzuki there so that's good to see them are you surprised for someone in your position how valuable it is to sit back and watch it on TV? Obviously, you can see different things that maybe you're so close to it here that you don't have your blinkers on and you don't realise things are going on, like a certain logo you just can't see at all through the entire broadcast, something doesn't come across the way you always thought it did. Has there been anything like that that you're surprised about? Um, yeah, to be honest, you, you do, because you're not, as you just said, you're not deeply, deeply involved in it when you're sat watching it on the screen. Um, you do notice some things that, and, and I bring them back to the team, you know, um, and I'll come back to the team with them and, and uh, you know, say, hey, we, we need to look at this, you know, just to make sure this is working okay. So, yeah, you, totally different perspective and, and not being involved and distracted, if you want, from other things, you know, because all the time you, you're being from pulled from this to that. and So it's, uh, yeah, gives you a different, different way to look at things. How do you feel about the season so far for, uh, for the three HRC guys? Obviously, Bogus hasn't had a season. Nope. Tim's been up and down, and Calvin's kind of been steadily coming along. Yeah, it's um, Calvin. Yeah, I'm very impressed. You know, I, I, I got him around about four or five. That's where I was thinking, um, and possibly occasional podium. Um, I suppose that's where he's achieving at the moment. You know, it's um, it's good, and you know, we've got some work going on with Calvin so hopefully we'll be able to deliver him a, a better bike um, and that'll you know enable him to improve even further um, so we'll see how that goes obviously Brian Bogus started to ride again and then the, the crack in the ankle oh, that's a nightmare for him you know any rider but we had a test in the Netherlands recently and he came along just to show his face still on crutches but he's you know He's working hard towards it. He looks bodily. He looks quite fit still. He's still working every other part of his body. Um, so hopefully he's going to be okay. Uh, Tim, obviously in uh, Mantova, uh, the, the crash he had there was a nightmare. That just upset everything. And then he had two major operations within two days, three days. Um, so that just put him on the back foot all the time. And with the guys going as fast as they are, uh, you know, it's a long way to try and build it back up and, and uh, get somewhere near them. So, yeah, we've got to, we've got to just keep letting him develop. And, and we can see consistency coming more. We can see the improvements, and that's what we expected. You know, as soon as that injury happened, that's what we expected. You've obviously had occasional podiums this year, which four years ago, five years ago, would have been amazing. Then you had back-to-back championships and expectations all kind of turned a little bit. So within the Ordin, riders, mechanics, Japanese, are like heads being bashed against walls because you're not winning races? 
No. Um, fortunately, HRC, Honda Racing Company, uh, the racing bit in there is obviously important because they understand it very, very well. Um, they've been involved in it a lot of years and they know, uh, especially in motocross, that injuries play a big part because on the road race side, a rider can be a little bit injured and he can still race. Motocross, you've got a little bit injured, you ain't, you know, you're not racing, you're not performing. So they understand that. Uh, it's frustrating, yeah, because we want results. But like those two years where we went back to back, we had no injuries, you know. Um, so that sort of swings around about. Sometimes you get it, sometimes, um, you know, and it, it goes around the paddock, doesn't it? You know, you get injuries and, and there's nothing you can do about them in motocross. So we, we try and prevent them as much as we can, but nature of the sport, you're going to hurt yourself. I guess it's different as well because, say, DeSalle and Feverer were winning. They're two riders that Tim should be beating, can beat, so maybe that would be a little more frustrating. But you're obviously looking at the two KTM riders and being like, they kind of deserve it. Like, to beat them is a very tall ask. Yeah, we, to be honest, I think we could have been running with or somewhere nearer them, or much closer to them if we hadn't have had the injury. Um, I think Tim is well capable of that. But, you know, if you have an injury, if you're off for a month, then you need another month from when you come back to get to the speed that you were when you went off. But by that time, the other guys have stepped on. You know, they've gone faster, so you're not, you're not fast enough anyway. Um, and that's the situation we're at now. You know, Tim's come back, he's come back, he's fast to look at him, but um, he's just had that time off and, and the others have stepped forward. And like you say, yeah, as much as it hurts, the, yeah, the other boys are riding well. Obviously, there's been the people who don't understand the sport and don't understand things in general have said a lot of Honda riders are injured. It's a bike. I'm sure you've seen it. Have there been any of those discussions like maybe we need to look at something or is it just laughable? No, it's not laughable because it's rider injury. But like it's um, it's not the bike. We know that, you know, we've got the and everybody has a theory of this, that and the other. But like it's, you know, different crashes and, you know, just unfortunate that that guys have been hurt, you know, and our world trials champion got hurt you know and he's a honda rider and and like uh, you know there's nothing to do with his bike you know it's just unfortunate that that's the way it tumbles some years you know and and we've had um, a belly full of it this year you know and hopefully then we go a long time without no injuries you know but we don't want to see any injuries to any rider just keep them uh, keep them all healthy as much as possible you know whatever make they're on the japanese obviously understand the racing side the results injuries all of that I've always been surprised how I always see them kind of walking around the paddock, like standing outside a KTM morning and just looking at, even when nothing's going on, just kind of looking at the way it's presented and all of that. Are they quite big on having everything spick and span, things have to be in the right place and having the most presentable team in a paddock? I hear Japanese are kind of like that. They're technical. That's what they're looking at. They ain't looking at how clean the, boys, the, the, the awning is. Um... No, you know, like that presentation is more down to our side and how we do that. And obviously, Giacomo and Marcus have, have got a big role in that uh, to making sure we're, we're presented in the way HRC would expect to be presented. Um, but our Japanese, when they're stood there looking, you know, I know what they're looking at, you know, there's, and it's certainly not, oh, has that been cleaned off or unless it's on the bike. Um, so they'll, they'll, be, they'll be looking at and, and seeing what's going on with the competitors' bikes, you know, because that's part of the job to, to be aware of um, any changes, you know, with your competitors. Going back to the moment uh, Todd Waters was drafted in, I know there are a lot of conversations there about how it would be easy to pull Jazakonis across, pull someone from within the Honda family, which is huge, 
across from your side obviously it's not that easy with sponsors and everything so just talk a bit about what in, went into the decision to pull someone from the other side of the world yeah uh, okay with what you've got to think is uh, if you pull Yasagonis across there's a, obviously sponsor conflicts which you can't meet and you can't satisfy so that almost stops it in the water uh, another solution would be to take a bike across there um, but uh, that wasn't practical the way we were at that point in time uh, Todd was in America he was doing a bit of testing for Honda America he rode Honda in Australia for Honda Australia so he had um, you know all the credentials and he was a free agent with no ties no nothing you know and another attractive thing is he knew the world championship so that was a consideration that we, we gave and uh, decided that we'd, we'd go that way um, and yeah Yasagonis he's getting better and better by the week you know you can see that now so that's what we want to see continue um, the team are growing and, and getting better and I think giving him better product um, so yeah that's why we brought Todd across you know it, it was just every, all, all the, everything fell into line that you could do it and do it quite easily without offending sponsors and and uh, you know Australia Honda Australia were pleased to help it American Honda were agreeable to it so yeah that's why Todd's here going back to Marcus and bringing him in what was the hardest thing to teach I'm guessing like just your contacts you've been around for so long you probably know every single person in this paddock and that's something that can't happen overnight no it's, it's, it's contacts and, and bear in mind he's never dealt on the um, negotiation side because he's been crew chief uh, then he was on the technical side for HRC so that is the side that uh, I'm spending a lot of time with him with you know just just to see how to deal with different people and of course like you say I've got relations relationships with these different people in the paddock at different levels um, and I can deal with each one in a different way but still so that they know it's Roger Harvey you know what I mean um, so yeah th- that's the thing that Marcus is spending a lot of time learning you know like the meeting this morning you know, he's, he's got to write the minutes up from the meeting which <laughs> thank you Marcus um, he's got to do all that and get that sorted um, but what will happen is he'll come to me and I'll just check through and in case there's any vital points that he's missed out um, which I doubt there will be um, but you know just to make sure that those go in because uh, the European side want one thing for the information the Japanese want another thing for the information you know Japanese are mainly technical that's what they're interested in so um, that sort of thing we have to make sure it's well explained and and uh, they're well informed on what what is being said I'm glad you mentioned negotiations because that's kind of what I wanted to end on from what I understand Tim Calvin and Brian are all under contract for next year is it a quiet period for you compared to other years or are there still things going on? I guess you'll kind of have a hand in the satellite teams as well. Uh, no, nothing to do with the satellite teams at all. Um, so in theory, there's uh, not. But then again, you know, we, we will consider with HRC what will be our programme. Um, so that's what we, we've got to look at. Um, there isn't many riders that are up for next year. That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, but all our three are contracted into uh, 2019, you know. You obviously work well ahead as well, so I'm guessing you're already looking at 2019, 2020, or even HRCR. 
obviously that Hurlins guy, his contract's up at the end of 2020, so I guess that's a little attractive to look at. Is it? I think so. Who's that? What, what rider? I've not a clue who he is, really. He no. just pops up I, th- I think I've heard of him. I think I've heard of him. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's going good, unfortunately. But there you go. Finally then, from you, from a personal side, are you happy with this current position? Do you miss your old one, or is this kind of just a pleasant way to come to the races and now you're kind of enjoying the job, I guess, a little more? Yeah, to be honest, I've always enjoyed it. That's why we started in motocross in the first place. That's why I started back in the 60s doing motocross, because it was good fun to thrash about a field on a motorbike. Um, And I've carried that through to present day. And, yeah, I've been doing the job for a long time, and I was ready to change, change roles. And the young guys, you know, they've got to come on and and step up to the mark. Um, And, yeah, I'm thankful for the HRC that they, they, they wanted me to stay involved to make sure that everything was okay from their side um, you know I'm doing a little bit on the Dakar side as well so yeah um, it is a nice way to, to, to do it you know but it's strange I'm coming here and saying oh what you're here again so they're getting fed up of me 